0: This week we're speaking with Jimmy Walker, the good times superstar and stand-up veteran. He's got a brand new comedy special coming your way, and he has some opinions about Trump-obsessed comics that may surprise you. This week's show is sponsored by Change.org. If you're angry about some of the celebrity news and want to virtue signal it to death, you know where to find us. Before we begin, I wanted to talk a little bit about Sarah Silverman. You know, she burst onto the scene years ago as this beautiful, open-faced comedian who talked like a sailor on shore leave. It wasn't just shock, though. It was funny shock. I've kind of grown tired of her shtick in recent years, but I've also noticed that she's unwilling to attack the PC police quite like her colleagues. Think Jerry Seinfeld and John Cleese. They do it time and time again. Silverman? No. You know what? She says, you know, times are changing, and these millennials with their safe spaces and crayons, they've got the right idea. We've got to follow them to be in step with the times. Pretty depressing, right? Well, she may be changing her tune. She recently tweeted in defense of her past ja- jokes that involved pedophilia. It was all in good fun, of course, but, you know, after James Gunn's gags got him canned from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, some industry types are running scared. Silverman may be one of them. It's hard not to chuck a little bit of this as an observer of Hollywood and their antics. Now, conservatives have been warning liberals for years about the PC police and their social media enablers. Watch out. They'll come for you next. Now they are. Now, I don't think Silverman's in any danger of losing gigs at this point. Some of her peers might be, though. Right now, someone is combing through a comedian's Twitter feed, desperate to find an inappropriate gag to bring up again, maybe get them in trouble, if not worse. Now, this isn't comedy, nor is it the way our culture should be behaving, but you know what? This is the natural evolution of those PC policemen. They take scalps. They don't ask questions. They don't care about context at all. And once in a while, they kill careers. And maybe Silverman is waking up to that cold reality. If so, here's hoping she's not alone. You're listening to the Hollywood in Toto podcast, the right take on entertainment. Here's a celebrity tweet of the week. Week's winner is Lori Kilmartin. She's an author, a stand-up comedian, and someone who only thinks about steering cash to her liberal pet causes, apparently. Case in point, check out this tweet. How does Mark Zuckerberg not start every day with a massive apology to the American people, following by million-dollar donations to Black Lives Matter, the ACLU, and Planned Parenthood every day? And of course, past Tweet of the Week winner, Annie Richter, happened to retweet that as well. You're listening to my daddy's podcast. Hey, still ate sandwiches with the crust cut off. My hit tip of the week is laggies. This 2014 dramedy stars Kieran Knightley as a 20 something woman not quite sure what to do with her life. She's got a longtime boyfriend. He's proposed, but she's not sure she's going to say yes or what she's going to do. She's a drifter. She doesn't know what's going to happen next in her life or her career. Sound familiar? No, this isn't a Judd Apatow joint, but it's another story about a 20-something just set adrift. Usually it's the guys who are set adrift. This time it's a girl, played by Knightley. She ends up bonding with a local teen, played by Chloe Grace Moretz, and the girl's pappy, played by Sam Rockwell. Now, I'm not going to share what happens next. It's kind of an interesting series of events and kind of different characters having different relationships, but I found it really sly and charming. I love these three actors. I think they're excellent here and the script has just enough insight into the human condition to make it work. Now, is Laggy great? Oh, heck no. In a way, it's something a little bit better. It's a very nice surprise lurking in those Netflix streaming corridors. Give it a tumble, as one of my favorite right-of-center comedians might say. I think you'll enjoy it. Now, let's get to this week's HitCast interview. It takes a sense of humor and humility to name your stand-up special, We're Still Here. It's just one reason Jimmy Walker endures 40 years after his breakout sitcom, Good Times, changed his life and ours. Could you possibly escape the word, I might, 40 years ago? I don't think so. Now he's teaming with fellow comedian Michael Winslow for the special, which debuts August 7th on just about every digital platform around. You know, some sitcom stars come, they go, they fade from sight. Not Jimmy. He's been working steadily for decades. And along the way, learning just what makes Hollywood tick. And that's why I think you're going to enjoy this interview. He's not afraid to blast the PC police and describe just how they restrict content and comedy. Really hope you enjoy the HitCast interview with the one and only Jimmy J.J. Walker. Well, Jimmy, thanks for joining the show. Uh, let's jump right into your new special. Um, we're still here. What, let's give us a little tease. What, what can we expect from it? What, what, what sort of uh, make us really kind of tantalized about the special? <coughs>
1: Well, we hope it's funny. We think it's funny. It's the kind of thing we've been, you know, we've been trying to do uh, specials for a long time, but, you know, they haven't used us that much. Uh, So uh, there's a couple of guys, which is Brian Folk-Weiss, who does uh, a ton of them. He did this one. And Scott Mentoya, And uh, we've been trying to do specials, but they have been kind of rejecting us. So what happened was they were doing a thing where – uh, Brian does a whole bunch of them, like 10 at a time. Uh-huh. And people kind of, <laughs> people kind of kept dropping out. So, uh, they were moving to a new venue to do this special and they hadn't shot there yet. So they said, we got to get the angles and, you know, all that camera stuff. And, uh, they said, well, these guys are wanting to do a special Walker and his crew. So they, uh, they said, Well, we'll take a chance and usually their hour specials This is twenty six minutes uh for Michael, mm-hmm. twenty six minutes for myself. So they they kind of said, Let's take a shot. If it doesn't work, we'll just we'll just eat it and use the and use the other guys that we want to use, which is Louis Anderson and and uh and and Daryl Hammonds and stuff like that. So I guess it turned out all right so we can get it out on different platforms and see what's happening. And you know, the uh, uh, Brian Folk and Scott they have they have a, a ton of people so we're out there and and we'll see what happens
0: all right now you've been a stand-up for a long time now what are the subjects that these days are inspiring to you that can you, you just you can't wait to talk about them when you hit the stage and are there any topics that you've been talking about for 40 years that that just continually
1: motivate I think the topics are the same they're they're <laughs> they're the same the okay. economy is the same but i think the kids now the language is the key thing now you know uh uh when I started, we never had this kind of language like this. So I think the reality is as as divided as America is and as as sanctimonious as they try to be, which, you know, America is very R-rated now, R to mm. X. But everybody will tell you they go to church, they have families, they have this, but you listen to the comedy and you go, really? <laughs> you have a family? Wow. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. So I just think that uh language and... Sexual mores and all that. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, other than the Vietnam War, this is the only time I can remember the anti that people are. And it's anti Trump. Anti Trump, mm-hmm. almost like anti Vietnam now. Yeah. So I go back to that. Most of you kids don't remember the Vietnam War, but during my time, it was a big deal. Yeah. And, uh, I think Trump is in that same bag as we speak. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, now, you're a registered
0: independent, and you're not bashing Trump like a lot of your peers. What reaction does the lack of Trump jokes get from your routine? I mean, do you do do your your you know peers in your comedy world? Do they talk about the fact that you're not as aggressive toward him, or do they are they shocked? Are they happy? Well,
1: What's so- I think I think the Trump thing is is tough from the standpoint of. Uh, I do Trump stuff, but it's not as anti as everybody else. Everybody's mm-hmm. just—I don't even think they're jokes. They're just uh, strong opinions that they hate him. I'm not in that bag. Yeah. But uh, uh, I think it's just utter, absolute hate for one person. Like I said, it goes back to the Vietnam War thing. Mm-hmm. The Vietnam War—it was just total anti. You know, everybody was against it. I don't even know how it continued. And I think Trump's going to continue because uh, Hollywood and the big cities, you know, uh, the New York, Chicago, L.A., Boston, Seattle, those kind of cities, they're completely anti-Trump. In America, uh, you go out into the other, say, 40 states. Trump it has tremendous support. Yeah. Tremendous.
0: Does that help you in a way, the fact that your in a way your message is different than your peers at this point? I mean, can you kind of market that in, in I mean not that you need it, but I, I would think that's sort of a, a competitive advantage to be different than a lot of your competitors. Well, I I, I don't
1: I don't look at it as competition as you know, there's just other people that are trying to be funny as they mm. can. And and I think a lot of guys feel they can take off from their app for five minutes by by just saying trump stinks i'm not i'm not in that bag gotcha
0: we're talking with show business legend jimmy walker about his career good times and his new special we're still we're still here with michael winslow it's out august 7th on amazon comcast and many other platforms you know jimmy your first love was stand up that's how you started your career and you're still performing today I know social media changes things dramatically in many ways, but how is the industry different? I mean, from when you first began to where it is today?
1: I think the industry, when I started, demanded universality of humor. They wanted people to be funny. I'm not sure that's the case nowadays. I think uh, I think uh, agency and people are very important. They play a big part of it. The CAAs, the ICMs, the UAAs, uh, uh, all those people, UTAs is what I meant to say. Uh, I think all those agencies play a big part and they have people that they uh, get behind. I think in the old days, uh, because of Carson and stuff like that, which, you know, the young people don't remember Johnny Carson, but Johnny Carson could make your career without really having an agent or a manager or anything like that. Uh, nowadays, I think you do need those kind of agencies to kind of get going, to mm-hmm. kind of do it. Interesting. I think it's important. Yeah. I, I
0: heard an interview with you on NPR, and uh, the interviewer was trying to spin Good Times, your classic show, into being problematic, like, are there people angry with you? Was it, you know, perpetuating stereotypes? I was kind of curious, is that line of questioning frustrating for you when you revisit a a beloved show and all of a sudden have to kind of judge it by modern standards? I mean, how do you kind of take that line of questioning?
1: Well, people, you know, our show, uh, I think, was the first of its kind. But what it led to was a lot of people... Uh, because of the complaining and the moaning and groaning, we really didn't have any any black shows for another 10 years. And what they've done is they've eliminated, because uh, the black people complained so much, they didn't want any poor black families on TV anymore. So every black family you'll see on TV now will be rich. Mm -hmm. Rich lawyers, doctors, titans of industry, Everything. That's what you'll see now. Yeah. Everybody will be that. So every every minority person will be of the highest of whatever. You know, you won't see any uh, minority bad guys. Mm-hmm. You know that those days are over. We had that in the in the uh, '60s and '70s where there were bad guys. They don't accept that anymore.
0: Yeah. You know, seriously. I talked to Tim Story, the director, a few years ago, and he said you couldn't make Cheers with a black cast, but if you had a norm fellow who was black and a drunk, essentially, that that would be sort of, it would be problematic. So that's a good point.
1: Uh, Well, I always tell the story of our show uh uh, where we didn't have any black writers because there weren't any at that time. Now there may be too many, but uh, at that time we didn't have any. So what Norman Lear did is he sent out a thing to all the black colleges. They said, if you can write this script for this show, uh, you know, Write it and send it, and we'll see what we can do for you. Mm-hmm. So this guy, uh, Michael Moy, wrote a script of our show, and they loved it. Huh. So he was uh, he was like a sophomore in college at North Carolina AT&T. So what they did was they flew him out, and he became a staff writer, and he was one of our best writers of our show. So when the show was over, what happened was uh, – he went to do other things. He went on other shows and he got a deal with Fox. Fox was new at that time. So it was 10 years later after our show. So they decided NBC to do, uh, the Bill Cosby show mm-hmm. and Fox says, well, this show is so saccharine. So whatever, 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 we need something to counter the show. So Michael had a deal. So they said, write a show that's black. That's the anti Cosby. So he wrote the show. And they said, Oh my God, this is this is incredible. This is a great show. But Chris Albrecht and those guys said, Well we can't do it because the black people will complain. Hmm. So they put it away. So Chris and those guys got fired, the next regime came in and the next regime read it and they said, Oh my goodness gracious, this is sensational. They said we can't do it because, you know, the black people they would complain. Hmm. The third regime said, Well, this is a great script and a great pilot. Can't do it. But somebody said, you know what? Why don't we do it as white people rather than black people? So they did. Married with children.
0: Oh, interesting. I didn't I wasn't aware of that. That's a great story. Uh, you know, it, it, yeah, it goes So I mean, into my next question about, you know, PC rules are as as I see it, I think others as well are hobbling comedy. You can't say this, you can't say that. Do you sense, either within the comedy community or just the culture at large, maybe the the pendulum swinging back? I mean, maybe Trump, in a way, is symptomatic of that. But is there a frustration where you can't tell certain jokes or have certain points of view because of X or Y or Z?
1: I don't think you'll ever see a pro-Trump joke out I'm the closest (laughs) to that. There'll never be a uh, uh, pro-Trump mission, pro-Trump comment. Uh, It must be anti-Trump, irregardlessly of what it is. It has to be anti. That's the law.
0: Okay. The comedy laws. Uh, Jimmy, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you, you know, to be famous and in demand and in front of the public for about 40 or so years like you have, it's not easy. It's rare. And I don't want to dismiss your talent. Obviously, that played a huge role in it. But is there a kind of a secret sauce to staying famous so long to kind of being in the good graces of the public? I mean, you've done that. And it's well, not easy. Uh, and there are lots I'm, of flashes not, in the pen.
1: I'm not famous. If I was famous, <laughs> I would just, believe me, things would be much different. But I'm not a famous guy. I'm just a guy that's still here. As my as, it sounds strange as my special said. I'm still here, but yeah. oh God, you know, the guys that are that are the big stars, you the know, Chris Rocks, the, the David Chappelle, those kind of guys, the uh Bill Burr right now is really hot. Tiffany uh Haddish is hot right now. Yeah. So, you know, those guys, Kevin Hart those kind of people like that you know i i'm I'm not near that category of, of guy, but i'm I'm just a grinder, you know I'm one mm-hmm. of those guys a road grinder. I always say when I send out things to agents the least expensive known headliner you're going to get <laughs> going to get anything cheaper or lower than me. <laughs>
0: Well, listen, people are still there. They remember your work and they're going to be out there again when you hit the road and I'm sure that's the case. Thanks again, Jimmy Walker, for joining the hit cast. Please check out Jimmy's latest comedy special, We're Still Here. It's out August 7th on Amazon, DirecTV and many, many other outlets. Thanks for all the laughs, Jimmy and uh, keep the jokes coming. Thanks, thanks, man.
1: Appreciate it. Bye. All right, bye.
0: Well, thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check out hollywoodandtoto.com for both the show notes and, of course, the latest entertainment news. Please follow me at Twitter, at Hollywood and Toto. And we'd love it if you leave a podcast review over at iTunes. See you next week. This episode is sponsored by Schwanz.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question.
1: D.C. police are arresting drunk and drug drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. Message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department.